Alright, hello everyone, and welcome back to what used to be Crispy Sports Corner, actually in a little bit of a, of a rebranding stage, if you will, trying to come up with something clever. Uh, now on iTunes as well, you can find that by searching Chris Platty. And so here, anyways, here to talk Game 7 is Noah Lofman. Long time no see, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. It's an exciting time to be an NBA fan, as you know. Once again, thanks for having me. Oh man, it is a pleasure, and it is what a series it has been. Holy, holy shit! I mean, look at where we were in game in game four after game four, and now just man, it's it it's been a wild series, hasn't it? It's it's been very wild, and the the funniest part. And I remember coming on this podcast and saying a series is never over, and you know until the home team loses, in the sense that let's look at the Warriors and the Cavs. The Warriors got up two zero, two convincing wins. You had Colin Coward, who we love on Fox Sports, saying it's over. You had all the first take guys that everyone looks up to for some weird reason on ESPN say it's over. And just countless pundits, experts, if you will, saying it's over. I mean, I, I, where, and look where we are now. Game 7, 3-3. Three to three. Uh, Yes, it's at the Oracle, but it's not over, as those sportscasters wanted to put it. And it's just very funny, for lack of a better word to see what a difference of a week makes in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean, no kidding. I mean, now it's it's really it's really I mean, we'll we'll talk about this more obviously. It it really does feel like a toss-up game though because it, like you can essentially throw everything out the window, everything we've seen in this entire series and and you can just say it's one game. Whoever has the better game wins. I mean, it's it's that simple. Uh no, give me your overall thoughts of game 6. Like what, what were some things that stood out to you? I'll give you a sentence to sum it all up. LeBron James is still the best player in the world, Chris. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> you, be- you, you better not, because you got no <laughs> argument if you want to try. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Festus Azili is pretty good. Anyways, I mean, what he did was incredible. And I always hate the guys who say, oh, that, that team played with more heart. Or you can really tell he wants it. But you know what? I'm going to be that guy just this one time. Because it was really obvious if you watched that game, you know, and Game 5 for that matter, that you could just see it in LeBron's eyes. He, w- he is on a mission. He still is on a mission. And I think it all started with the whole Draymond Green fiasco in Game 4. Since then, his numbers back it up. His body language backs it up. And it is truly incredible. People thought, oh, LeBron's on the decline. He's not in his prime anymore. These past two games are two of the best games he's ever had. Stop talking if you're one of those guys who says, he's on the decline. He's not good anymore. No, this guy has a lot left in the tank. And like he said, he's playing until his family wants him to retire because he's a superhuman. And he he has it in him to do it. And he's just that good. And I'm going to stop, you know, kissing his ass right now because it's getting a little (laughs) bit overboard. But you know how much I love this guy. And I want him to win and succeed so badly, and he's just impressing me night in and night out. No, he really is. I mean, he had probably the greatest. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I don't know like the numbers of obviously every like great finals performance ever. But I mean, he has probably the best two game stretch of uh, performances in the finals like in history. I mean, he's playing, he's playing phenomenal. And the whole Curry versus LeBron thing, LeBron is better because look. LeBron can dominate defensively. He can dominate offensively. The way he dominates offensively is much more consistent. 
because I mean, look, Curry's a great shooter. He's the greatest shooter ever, and I don't think anyone's ever going to argue that anymore. I think that's a foolish argument if you want to if you want to talk about foolish arguments. But again, a shot just isn't as consistent as a layup, right? Like LeBron and LeBron can also play make. So I mean, LeBron can dominate the game in so many different ways. And we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Like if Curry's not hitting his shots, he's just a guy out there who can't play defense, right? It's true. And he can't guard everyone on the floor like LeBron can. I don't know if he's as good uh, as good of a leader as LeBron is. I mean, LeBron's the coach. LeBron's the general manager, right? Right. <laughs> I don't know if Curry is that on his team. And you wanted to try and compare uh, LeBron's final performance uh, yesterday to you know previous ones. And you go on BasketballReference.com a lot, right? Yeah, of course. So you know Basketball that they have that stat. Yeah, they have that stat called Game Score, which mm-hmm. is like this really advanced analytic stat. Um, that kind of, like, tells you how good of a game you had. And they take a lot into account, like anything you could imagine. And they still think, or basket, according to Basketball Reference, the best um, finals performance, like, as a series, right, mm-hmm. was Shaquille O'Neal in 2000. And then the second best was Shaquille O'Neal in 02. Then the third and fourth were MJ, fifth Magic Johnson, sixth Shaq, and then seventh. And the series isn't even over yet. So depending on what could happen in Game 7, he could move up. But the 7th best finals performance of all time, according to Game Score on Basketball Reference, is LeBron James's 2016 performance. And I think the reason the 2015 one isn't ranked as high is because uh, his shooting percentage was very low. Oh, yeah. But that was, that to was put bad. it in perspective, I mean, that's some great company he's with, right? <laughs> Shaquille right. O'Neal, who we know is, was just an absolute monster in 2000 and 2002. Michael Jordan. Magic Johnson, and then that's it. It's like those are the guys that you can put ahead of him in the NBA Finals, and then uh, there's LeBron. No Kobe Bryant, right? <laughs> no right, Tim no Duncan Kobe. as much as I love Timmy. LeBron yeah. is the best player, um, you know, in my generation, right? I'm 16 years old. You're a little older than me. I would say yours. I mean, you weren't really, like, uh, paying yeah, attention. Yeah, don't go, to... don't go aging <laughs> me, asshole. <laughs> you weren't paying attention to basketball, I don't think. I can't even drink yet. Okay. Don't act like I'm that much older. <laughs> So, so right. we're both in the same boat. LeBron is the best player we have seen play. In our generation, yeah. <laughs> and you'll find out, hint, hint, you'll find out tomorrow on our podcast on Top 20 Greatest Players just how much praise we both have for him. Because I don't know your list, you don't know mine, right. but I assume he's quite high, judging by the way you're talking on your list. Very high. <laughs> very high, very high. Um, he almost made the cut for mine. 19. <laughs> yeah. No, anyways, I mean, LeBron is just, look, I, I want to get event, eventually back to game, but we just got to acknowledge this dude, man. He's playing. He's playing so great. Like I said, I mean, he's even a better playmaker than Curry. Curry right. talks, I mean, everybody talks about how Curry um, is a great playmaker, and he is. He's he's very dynamic, and he, he creates uh, a lot of good looks for his teammates, but he also makes at least, you can count on probably three dumb passes a game, and usually two, if not three of them, are turnovers, right? It's true. He had four turnovers last night, and that's just a part of being a point guard, right? Most point guards turn the ball over. LeBron, he'll give you one. You know, two a bad, two is a bad night for him, but he'll never get to that four or five mark with Curry. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the, those turnovers, whether those turnovers are rigged or not, <laughs> like, man, can we, can we talk about that yes, for a minute? Yes, yes, so, please, please. I, you can start because I okay, got a lot so, to say, as you know. Yeah. So Steph Curry's wife uh, tweeted out. 
eventually, or she tweeted out after the game that the game is rigged, and she's like, sorry, I saw it live. She immediately deleted the tweet, or I think like 10 minutes after or something no, like no, that. No, 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 it wasn't immediate. That's the oh, thing. it wasn't? It was like hours after, I'm pretty oh, really? sure. That's what I was listening to some uh, ESPN radio today, and they were saying that tweet was up there for like uh, a few hours, like at least until she got home from the game, because she was at the game, I believe, and which is even crazier, because you would think, all right, time, you know, heat of the moment, you sent the tweet out, you lead it right away, but from what I'm hearing, uh, it, it was up there for a while. Yeah, I mean, who who cares how long it was up there? The tweet was bad. I actually, hold up, I think I screenshotted it. I mean, I don't know. I can know. get it up if you want. Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead and get it yeah, up and you, read you it, because it's, it's hilarious. Man. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was really bad, and, you know, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of controversy around it now because, you know, I mean, conspiracy fans are going to run with it. I'm sure all of Dub Nation right now is running wild with that tweet. And, but, I mean, no, you got it yet? Um, looking because she, you know what, now her new tweet is responding to Stephen A. Smith. So I got to scroll through all those tweets to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's another big thing that's come up is like the whole now, now it's turned into like um, she shouldn't be speaking. And it's like, you know, it's like it's freedom of speech. It's ridiculous. I mean, she could say what she says as long as you know it's whether it's dumb or not is a whole different is a whole different story. So it it was really uh, it was really bad. I believe Curry was asked about it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Curry was asked about it. I, I assume he was. I didn't catch a response. But um, he also let's talk about the play that got Aisha Curry to talk about uh, to tweet that the play was Curry follows LeBron. Um, he didn't follow him, but uh, he was called for a foul. It was his sixth foul. About three to maybe four of the, his fouls that game were bogus, uh, you know, and they were just bad calls. But uh, the play was Curry went for the ball, and he he didn't even hit LeBron. Like LeBron actually uh, avoided him, but it looked like from the angle that Curry actually bumped into LeBron, and so it was just called a loose ball foul. They were just both going for the loose ball. I think that's a clear no call. I mean, LeBron grabbed it; the ball wasn't even jarred from his hands or anything, so. It wasn't. It was a very. It was a very bad call and a very unfortunate call because the Warriors were still within striking distance. I don't think they were going to win, but they were within striking distance. And I just think. I just think like, look, everyone that want to talk about the game is raped. I mean, they're idiots. Well, you, I got the tweet up. All okay, right. go ahead and read it, and then I'll get back to all my right. quote. I've lost all respect. Sorry, this is absolutely rigged for money dot 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 or ratings i'm not sure which i won't be silent just saw it live sorry so to be fair she apologized twice in the tweet (laughs) but no this is this is absolutely ridiculous uh i think it was beyond inappropriate for her to do this uh this is a league that like we were talking off air about that gave her and her family uh relevancy Gave her a life, right? Like she wouldn't right. be anywhere right now. No, she wouldn't have five hundred thousand Twitter followers if the NBA was um, theatrics. If it was the WWE that I love so much, but it's not because it's yeah. a real sport. Or Man. if it is, she owes them everything because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they treated her well, right? It's yeah, too well. Honestly, the Curry like, family. I mean, all we've been hearing about for months is that they are the dream family, right? They just got—they're all perfect. It's yeah, just like a they're bunch all of loving, perfect. Yeah, and I, I think it. they even got their own offer for a reality show. Whether they have it or not, um, I don't know. It's but cringeworthy. But yeah, like it, it doesn't. It's it's, it's ridiculous. It, it it is, and you know, you know, 
you know I don't like Steph Curry. You know that I respect him, but you know I don't like him. Like, you know, like, how, there are guys in this league that I'm sure you don't like, but, you know, yeah. I've never liked Steph Curry. I just, uh, I think that the world overrates him a lot, and that, that's kind of what fueled my hatred. Like, I didn't yeah. really start hating this guy till last year because, you know, before that he was just a point guard. He was, he was just, just a guy. point guard who was kind of fun, and, right. you know, he wasn't really heard about much, I mean, honestly. And then it was just a complete 180, right? And, like, now right. he's, you know, being compared to Michael, like and Michael now Jordan. He's, <laughs> now he's on ESPN's list. He's, like, the 22nd greatest player of all time after a season and a half of, like, it was because it was written in January. So after, like, yeah. a season and a half of relevancy, he's, you know, the 22nd, 23rd greatest player ever. Like, that's ridiculous. Come on. It's just a matter of like, of self-awareness with Aisha. Like, she doesn't, she, like, I don't think she's aware of what's going on or her surroundings. She's in the arena during game six, I believe. That call happened. Oh, she is, because she said just saw it live. So she was yeah. in the arena. That call happened, that play happens, and then she just takes out her phone and types. Like, that's just, that's childish behavior. Like, that's what 12-year-olds do. That's what middle schoolers do. I'm sure that tweet was literally sent at least a million times, like throughout different Warriors fans. Like that's just something a, a typical, you know, like casual bandwagon, not bandwagon, but just like diehard fan says, right? Like I'm sure there was millions of those tweets. The problem is she's the wife of the best player on that team, right? And I, and I don't respect what Stephen A. Smith said today because he went a little too far. I, it, I didn't hear what he said. It is well, he. We can look it up. You can look it up in your own. I'll sum it up, but he. He compared Aisha to Savannah, LeBron James' wife, and said, Savannah, you know, never says anything. She doesn't want to be the center of attention. She just lets it go. Even though, you know, her husband is, you know, the most bullied NBA superstar of all time. Really is. Really. And then he went on, well, this is where it went too far, saying that she's, like, more beautiful and that every black man would tell you that. I mean, just another outrageous Stephen A. Smith comment that, in my eyes, I know we're getting a bit off topic, but you know what? Screw it. This is what podcasts are all about. Right. In my eyes, you know, this guy, this is like the eighth time he has said something, Stephen A. Smith, that deserves firing. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, this guy, I think there's a video, a video on YouTube, like a compilation of all the racist comments he's made. Like he thinks just because he's black, he can get away with saying all these incredibly racist comments. And our guy, one of our favorites, as we mentioned before, Colin Coward, fired right away when he says anything even borderline racist. You know, what yeah. Coward said about the Dominican Republic was racist. And if he deserved to be fired for that, Stephen A. Smith should have been fired years ago. And oh, he's not going to even get a punishment for what he said today, which was, again, wildly inappropriate. And it just makes you question some of these companies like ESPN's um, uh, motivations for things, what they're really all about. And, you know, it, it happens with everything. When you get too big... Uh, you know, you start trying to save your face. And yeah, you start I, trying to be too politically correct instead of letting things be organic. Well, if, if we're talking natural. politically correct, I don't know if Stephen A. Smith, what Stephen A. Smith said is anything close to politically correct. What, what's right. going on with that is just hard to explain because we don't have any information. We don't really know. Uh, it's, it's interesting, and we could talk about it, but at the end of the day, we don't know what's going on behind the doors. Uh, but we saw what happened on live television on first take today with Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, and from what I saw, that if he doesn't get a fine for that, then I, that's a that's a big problem. I mean, look, let's, <laughs> I mean to put it right, I don't want to sugarcoat it. That's a big problem. No, yeah, I agree with you. Let's let's put a bow on this by saying by saying you talked about how many times he could have got fired. Let's try and remember. So there was the Kevin Durant thing; he probably should have got fired for. Oh yeah, because it was basically false reporting. 
uh, like, and he was called out for false reporting. Then there was the whole woman thing with Michelle Beatles. And then how many times should he have gotten fired for his views on Chip Kelly? Well, like, yeah, right. That's that's where the race factor comes. Right. Uh, how about what he says about my boy Ben Simmons all the time? He says, oh, you know, oh, Simmons, uh, he doesn't have the intensity uh, that LeBron has. He grew up in the inner city because he grew up in Australia. And he just goes on and on about how because Ben Simmons grew up in Australia, he can't be tough. I mean, these are these are just this is this is stuff that our, you know, Republican <laughs> nominee, Donald Trump, these are types of comments he makes and gets mauled for it on a daily basis. And Stephen A makes it. Eh, no one cares. It's, it's yeah. getting to a point where it's really irritating. And that's why we're talking about it right now. Yeah, I know. I mean, I haven't watched First Take in easily over two years, so I'm 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 good. I'm out of the loop, and I'm completely happy. I'm out of the loop, to be honest. So I actually didn't I didn't hear. I heard something. I seen a tweet or something about it. Um, not one of their tweets, but you know, just some like some public news publication tweeting about it. So I didn't I didn't check it out. And I'll, I'll probably check it out after the podcast. But anyways, let's let's get back to basketball. So. Curry was ejected for that foul and that, you know, started that whole tweet, tweet rampage by Aisha Curry. And it was, I mean, Curry, Curry was playing great. He, he, I think he was the only good warrior that was, that was playing, like, right? He was the only good warrior last night. Well, in that game, right? You're giving him one night. I mean, let's not forget about all the games he forgot to show up in, in the series too. Right. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm trying to get it back to the game six okay, topic. Sorry. I mean, stop yes. throwing daggers at this man. Just let him live. <laughs> he he played all right. He played well. I mean, 30 points, 8 of 20 shooting. Not too shabby, right? I, I mean, for, for the Warriors, who all played terribly last night, he was probably the best, yeah. Yeah, I mean... He played well. He shot. Uh, he shot from three very, very well. I think he ended up. What was it? I believe six it was of six of thirteen. Okay, so that's pretty good. That's near fifty percent. Um, and considering all of his threes are are pretty much dribble pull ups and everything, he he was really he had to take those shots because no one else was making anything. Barbosa gave you a great game, um, but Barnes again, man. Let's talk about Barnes. Holy shit! What happened to this guy? Right, like. Well, is, his max contract's gone. Yeah, his max contract's gone. Maybe even his mid-level exception. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, it's 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 bad. I mean, did he? I don't remember. Did he hit a shot in Game Five? I believe he hit two what, in at game, the beginning. In game and then, Five, we're talking. Yeah, Game Five. Um, I'll try and pull up the stats. Well, we know he didn't hit any in Game Six. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. Um, I'm trying to pull up the stats. Oh, I'm, I got it right now. He okay. He go shot for two it. of fourteen in Game Five. Okay, so two of fourteen. Followed what he that sh- up with O of eight. O of eight, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, come on. And these are all wide open looks. He's suddenly, Tony Allen has suddenly just transformed into Harrison Barnes, or Harrison Barnes has transformed into Tony Allen. Whatever way you want to look at it, right? It's true. Uh, by the way, I don't think we we have to mention Clay Thompson in Game Six. He played well, nine to twenty. Oh yeah, he did. I mean, his three point shooting was a bit off, but overall, nine to twenty one. 25 points did have four turnovers but for what the Warriors were war uh last night he was one of the better players yeah most of that let's be clear though most of that came in the in the late third and fourth quarter um he he wasn't or actually I think most of it was in the third quarter uh he didn't he didn't have a particularly well first half from what I remember 
he didn't he didn't play well. He made a lot of mistakes. Uh, Green Green didn't look that great. I mean, Igudala Igudala's injury that's that's looking that's not look, looking good. I mean, it looks like he'll probably just get uh, injections and play in Game Seven. Yeah, I mean, he has uh, to play, right? This is Game Seven. Right. If you are, if you can walk, you're playing in this game. If you're worth something to either team. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it is Game Seven, so like you said, I mean, there's no game after that. And he did play throughout the rest of the game, right? Like he he had to, you know, he had to go off the court. And I think he went to the locker room, I believe, twice. Um, and he was constantly being worked on while he was on the bench to help loosen up that back. I don't know how it happened, but it, it happened early in the first quarter. And he's just said, um, it's looking like it's back spasms. I don't know if there's official report yet, but, man, he, that's a huge blow if Iguodala's hurt, right? It is. I mean, because, right, he was the guy who stopped LeBron last year. and he Stopped him from averaging 50. <laughs> um, but he, he's a good guy. He's a good player. He... On other on other teams in this league, he would probably be one of the best players on that team, right? That's yeah. what makes the Warriors so great. They have they have six or seven guys that would be the best player on the Lakers right now. Yeah, and, and he's so he's huge. He's so huge to the death lineup, and 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 only not only the death lineup, but he likes to um, lead the bench. They like to do like mostly bench lineups with Iguodala, pretty much. Um, so those two lineups, he's he's a huge huge factor of. And man, if he can't go, or if he's severely limited, then man, I mean, what do you do now? You have to throw maybe Draymond Green on LeBron, but then you have no rim protection because Bo gets down too. I mean, this is this is not looking good for the Warriors, right? It's not. And that's, you met, you started the podcast by saying we can throw everything else that has happened in the past few games out the window, but can we really? With how banged up the Warriors are, with Andrew Bogut being injured, with you know Andre Iguodala's injury. I don't think yeah. we can. I think we are seeing the Cavaliers expose the Warriors for what you know has been a lingering weakness all season long, which is they're not big. They can't yeah. protect the rim as well as some of the other teams. And the Cavs are just taking it to the Warriors' gut, right? Possession after possession in the paint. And credit Tristan Thompson. Man. I got some numbers up right now for you, Chris. Oh, God. I hate this... Tristan Thompson so much. <laughs> but you have to admit, his performance in Game 6 – Last night was incredible. I mean, defensively, I thought was terrific. And this is a... Eh, I thought Mo Williams played pretty well, good, too. Well, okay, well... <laughs> I'm just anyway. <laughs> This series, anyways, here, here are the numbers that I'm looking at. We're looking at Stephen Curry's offensive efficiency when Tristan Thompson's on the floor. And, frankly, Thompson's not even guarding him some of the time, but his presence just makes it so difficult for Corey to sco- or Curry to score, get into rhythm, etc., so here is uh, Curry's stats. Believe no, uh, yeah. When Thompson is on the bench, this series, all right, eleven of twenty shooting, right, fifty-five percent, seven of twelve three pointers. I mean, that's terrific, right? Yeah, that's Thompson amazing. Thompson on the court, thirty-three of eighty-five. That's thirty-eight percent shooting. Jesus. Twenty-one of fifty-four. That's thirty-eight percent three-point shooting. So that's a that's a twenty percent shooting drop off. When wow. Thompson is on the court this series for the league MVP, I mean, actually, let's rephrase that. The first ever unanimous league MVP, Stephen Curry. Damn Thoughts? you and your daggers. I'm such a Curry fan, but damn you. 
Um, I think it's so hard for you every single time. It's I really know. You give me such shit for it. I, I love Curry. Um, those of you that know that uh, know me know that, rather, that I love Curry. And I think he is, I mean, he's, he's I, I don't think he deserved the unanimous, like we talked about in a later or in an earlier podcast. We talked about that for a while. That was that was quite a debate. Um, but with with Thompson, Thompson is huge. But my thing is, is that Thompson plays really well at home, but he also plays pretty bad. If not at best, he plays decent on the road. And that's the thing with this Cavs bench. And when we get to predictions, like that's really if you're a Warriors fan, that's that's really the outlier. Is that is that the home team usually wins? big in the playoffs like like statistically this playoffs i don't know the exact stat because but i was looking around earlier and the home team wins a lot like the home court advantage i mean there's been arguments that it's been dead the last couple of years it has been so important this playoffs like it really has if you look at the numbers i'll i'll try to look them up as we continue in the podcast yes, in a way but also no in a way i mean just look at the two most important series in the playoffs this one, and then the Western Conference Finals. Uh, yeah. There was, you know, the road team won a few of those times. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think let's let's think about it. Uh, the road team won, I believe, what was it, four out of seven games, right? What, in, I mean, the, in the OKC th- uh, series? Uh, yeah, no, no, it was, it was only two well, out of seven, right? Cause it was, yeah, because you had OKC winning game one. And then yeah. you had Golden State winning Game Six, but you know that's still huge. That's not two yeah. out of seven. That's two out of uh, well, yeah seven. Yeah, seven well, games. yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, at least Curry can do math. Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. All right. Um. Anyways, yeah. Let's let's get back to the game. So, so Curry played played well. The rest of the team didn't. And I was talking about the bench, but the role players. Man, I gotta find I gotta find their road splits for these guys, uh, on the on the team because. These Cleveland role players look, and even you, who who is a Cavaliers fan, must admit Pistons fan first. Pistons fan first, but rooting for Cleveland hard in this series. Yeah, I am. I'll admit it. Um, just like I'm rooting for the Warriors hard, so we both got our we both got our biases. But even you can admit, isn't it night and day for these role players for uh for Cleveland on the road? It like, is, aren't... and I'm gonna use. Uh, not the same line I used a week a week or two ago on the podcast, but a similar one because I don't remember what it was word for word. But they're role players for a reason. They're not good consistently. If they were right. good consistently, they'd be starters. They'd be key players. And that's that with role players. That's how I sum it up. It's the truth. You can't expect them to be there consistently. They're always the X factor. Will J.R. Smith be there? Will he just you know be non-existent again? I, I don't know. Because J.R. Smith is not a premier NBA player. Does he have moments where he is just lights out, looks like the best player on the floor? Absolutely. But in the same breath, he has moments. Even the, you know, the game following his awesome performance, he'll have a game where you could just forget him. Like you didn't even know he was on the court and he played 30 minutes. And that's yeah. why he's a role player. Exactly. I mean... Look, that's that's the thing. Like Thompson is so huge to them; he's so vital. I do think he is the one role, quote unquote role player that really does um, play. He plays very, very good at home. He plays amazing at home. He plays like he plays like a max contract level player at home. Well, which but he then, has, right? He has. That that, max I know contract. he has, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it like a near max? It pretty is. Much? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So um, it's not as high as that nineteen million Kevin Love deal, but 
Yeah, but it's it's close. I think he's making what like 15? thirteen, fifteen. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, but on the road, he's he's okay. He's usually not bad. I mean, sometimes he's bad. I believe he was bad, and it was either game one or two, one of those two. And so I I think that Richard Jefferson, and J.R. Smith's been terrible on the road in Cleveland, or I mean, I'm sorry, in Golden State. Um, I mean, even. Even Kyrie, despite uh, despite Game Five, he's been bad in 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 Golden State. So I mean, I don't know. It's just like I know LeBron's going to bring it Game Seven, right? Like LeBron is absolutely going to bring it, and he's going to be fearless. He's probably going to put up numbers we haven't even seen before. And then there's going to be the question is going to be the role players. Look, Kyrie. Let's mention this too. Kyrie got hurt too. I don't know how hurt, but he got hurt. He was limping for a minute. Remember. For a minute, I don't think yeah. it's that bad. I don't. I don't think it is either. But it's worth at least pointing out in case, in case you You're know, right. we, see, we see something bad. Because look, what's not wouldn't, like wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be the first time Matthew Dellavedova won Cleveland a road game in Golden State, though. Oh my God, I hate that guy. I hate him so much. Uh, Matthew Dellavedova is so annoying. That's why he doesn't even play anymore. Mo Williams played last night over him in the rotation. I, I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy who was. He looked great in last year's finals. He got his own shoe deal. I think the Delhi ones are coming out soon. Like no joke in Australia. No joke. Yeah, this. yeah. It's it's one hundred percent true. I I remember quoting that tweet and being like, "Oh God." And where is he now? I, know, I remember he's not even playing months ago. We were like, "Wow, maybe the Pistons sign him this offseason for a good backup." Do I even want this guy? I I mean, he, nope. he kind of seems like a big ego in the personnel. You know with in the locker room, and I don't want that. So I don't know. Very interesting to watch these guys crumble. You remember what I said when we were talking about that, about Matthew Delvadova maybe joining the Pistons? Well, you hate him, so obviously you were upset. You know what I said? No. I said that LeBron James' Hall of Fame ballot, when you put on on his resume, his Hall of Fame resume, you, you don't have to put points per game, you don't have to put rebounds, you don't have to put any accomplishments. Put... I got Matthew Delvadova a shoe deal. He did, and that's, I, and that's it. Matthew Delvadova before LeBron wasn't even in two K. Like he was, he didn't even exist. And now he's got a shoe deal, and you know he's making millions thanks to LeBron. And we'll get we'll get to more about ranking LeBron. And uh, and he's tomorrow. the Curry stopper too, apparently. But let's just take a moment, Chris, to realize how valuable he is to his to his team. I mean. When he's not on the floor, it's a disaster. Do you have his splits, LeBron splits for when he's off the floor? I don't, but he, he would bar- he's, bar- he's been barely off the floor this series. So That's it's not true. He more- played 44 minutes yeah, both I, I games. Mean, you're looking at four minutes of like, you know, at the right time too, right? Probably like the end of the second quarter, you know, stuff like that. Uh, it was. I know it was. It was the beginning. No, it wasn't the beginning of the fourth because the beginning of the fourth they actually had to play him because Golden State cut the lead yeah, at the third when, like when they took him out. Remember, they, so he had to play the entire fourth. I remember that now. Uh, so, I, so, yeah. I mean this this is this is going to be a very interesting game seven. Very very interesting. Do you think it's going to be? Great, because I mean, look, every game's been decided by ten or more points, so they really haven't been too compelling. Like if these were just if the if this was just a first round game, nobody would probably care. Like in, if Steph Curry and LeBron were average players, like you take that their hype out of the vacuum and the finals hype out of the vacuum, this isn't a good series, right? Well, 
well, feel like any series that goes seven is a good series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I should but rephrase that. But I, it's I know not, what you're trying to say. Like, yeah. Are you, you're asking me if this is going to be a double-digit game, and I just don't think so. And I, I, think I don't. So. It's hard to explain why. I hate being that guy who's just like, I feel this way, uh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, you know. Hey, I don't. I don't think Cleveland's going to come in and like win by ten plus. Like that's not right. going to happen. There's a, and I, I think don't. There's a scenario where I think I really do think there's a scenario, and I love to do this. Where like if the game's played ten times, like this exact game, oh with yeah, these circumstances, how many times does each team win? I love and like that. I feel like one of those scenarios is Cleveland blowing them out to the sense where it's like you think it's over, like they maybe get up twenty something, and then Golden State makes like this you know incredible run, but they come up just short. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, like that's, done, like, that, that's a possibility. So then, like, I don't really know if you classify that as a blowout. Um, I don't think there's a scenario where Cleveland just, you know, wins the game by 20. Yeah, there's, I don't Like, the I Warriors are going to just start hitting these crazy threes because it's in their DNA and then cut the game back to single digits. But you know what? Let's talk about that, Chris. I know you're the host, but you know what? If you want, I think this is cool. If the game, if this exact game is played 10 times, how many times uh, do the Cavs win? How many times do the Cavs win? Damn. Um, I'm going to go 4.5. Well, uh, you know what? I'll take that, which, which I think what I'm trying to get at is I'm trying to make you realize that like, this is probably going to be a close game because if, if you're telling me that each team would win probably five games in a 10 game series, like how is this not a close game? No, I know. I'm I'm with you 100% on it being a close game. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, that yeah. stat, because I found it interesting. Like, you know, everyone's talking about this finals and everybody's watching every games and every game. And like, I know the ratings are high. They're very high for this finals. But I mean, we've had two 30 point blowouts and we've had and then we've had uh, another interesting stat I heard when I was listening to the drop. I know you love those guys too, the starters. And so they they were pointing out on the starters their podcast a drop which is a weekly drop every Friday a weekly podcast rather and they said that each team has scored exactly 610 points so the margin is completely even despite every game being by <laughs> plus 10 points isn't that wild it's wild like, it's like like this has really, been a roller coaster it's it's so it's so crazy and we were talking about this off the air right that like nothing makes sense in the NBA nothing. right now nothing makes we knew these two teams would get here. So, like, that makes sense that these two teams are playing each other. But for a while, it didn't make sense that the Cavs and Raptors were tied at 2. It didn't make sense that the OKC Thunder were up 3-1. And, frankly, I don't think it makes much sense that this is going to a Game 7. After what so. we saw in the regular season, after what we saw in the first two games. I don't really yeah. know how you explain it. And that's I, what I makes this either. league so great because it's real, not fake, Aisha. <laughs> it's not rigged, and it's it's that's a I mean it's a it's a fun stat. I don't think it's worth yeah. anything, but it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean, credit to the refs. Like, if they're really rigging this, they are rigging this perfectly. Well, I Every, think there the is point, some the point differential is the exact same. <laughs> there is some truth to I think like referees calling games within the context of what's going on. Yes, like 100%. I do think Cleveland gets calls in the game six and. I, I like I think Cleveland got more of the fifty fifty calls last night and I unfortunately yeah. think Golden State will get the fifty fifty calls Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Cause and that's that, just how it works. That's just how it works. Like the home team usually gets a call and like LeBron and Curry and like look, the the refs know they did a bad job. I don't know who's I don't know if there's a there's a list right now. I don't know if you can find this out right now 
who the refs are scheduled for Game 7, but I imagine it's some of the same, if not the entire same crew. And with that being said, like, uh, Curry, a lot of these follows were were dumb. Like, like, Curry put himself in bad situations, right? Like, he chose to be aggressive. He chose to go reach for, for loose balls and reach for... Uh, reach on Kyrie when he was dribbling even though yeah, it was he was clean. reaching like you were saying there was no chance that they call that the one he got he gets fouled out in that you know reach on LeBron but you know what that's a reach okay like in third grade when you're learning how to play basketball they tell you what Curry did was a reach and the referee calls it so I think there is there is a point that needs to be made that this wasn't just an absurd call like like he reached in now maybe most of the time in the NBA because both players were kind of, you know, rubbing rubbing arms. They don't call it, but he reached. <laughs> yeah, he reached. And, like, look, and the whole thing on Kyrie, like everyone pointed out that one. Oh, that rip was clean. Yeah, but did you see the three seconds before when he slapped Kyrie twice? Like, true, yeah. Like, he followed them twice before, and so the ref was like, okay, I'm anticipating another. And the refs, and look, these refs are human, man. The game is not rigged. These refs are human. Sometimes they're in bad angles. Sometimes, and they're constantly being manipulated by players and coach, like, all the time. Like, they're constantly being jawed at. So you don't think that they have personal vendettas, like, against Draymond Green and, you know, against other players. Like, all this stuff matters. Like, how you treat officials really matters Mm -hmm. in terms of calls, right? No, it it does. It's hard to argue that. It does. And I think if if the Warriors were down 3-1, to you know, reverse the roles, Mm -hmm. I don't think Draymond Green gets suspended. Oh, I don't either. So, like, 100%. that's – it's not rigged in the sense that it's, like, pre-scripted, but they, they, they officiate within the context of what's going on at the time. Right. And like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, they're not going to suspend – Yeah, they're not going to – Yeah, they're not suspending Curry. Let's stop all that fear and talk. Like, they're, they're not doing that. The Super Bowl this year, right? You, you had Cam Newton, who was the league MVP. It's kind of like Steph, actually, right? Kind of mm-hmm. on the rise – yeah, the uh, glory child out of nowhere, right? Came kind of came out of nowhere. I think Cam people expected because he was great in college and stuff, and he was you know I think the number one pick or something. So a yeah. little different, but uh, they celebrate a lot. They're both really cocky. You know, half mm. the, a lot of I would say half the country hates Cam, half the country hates Curry. And let's say in the NFC Championship game, Cam gets really frustrated, and he threw a piece of his equipment in the cr- in the crowd. Or, yeah. he, you know what, like he did, some, he did something like that. Yeah. Or, and he starts mouthing off to an official, he gets ejected. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way, and, and the, there's and no way the that's Panthers happened. win that game, and then they go to the Super Bowl. There's no way Cam Newton doesn't play in the Super Bowl. Right. And I mean. This is the that, Super Bowl for the NBA right now. Game 7 on a Sunday night, that's the Super Bowl. It is. It's 100% the Super Bowl. It's the, it's the biggest game of the year. Like, you can't have a bigger game. It's probably the biggest game for the NBA in the last, like, decade or so, really. Well, we were saying the Game 7 of 2014 might be bigger, but then again, it might not. I, I don't think, think the so, because Spurs... I don't think there was the level of... There was LeBron, obviously, and maybe LeBron was a bit bigger because it was he was chasing that first ring. So there was No, no, like, it was the second, because that was... Or, after, oh, he oh, he yeah, already yeah. beat OKC. So that was that was the second oh, yeah, yeah. ring. Yeah, but so, still. So there's that, that hype of, of the Heat dynasty, but there wasn't like the Spurs are the Spurs, man. Like they're quiet. They're you know they're, Nobody watches the Spurs. Like the ratings nope. back that up. I know. And then I mean, despite how much you and I love the Spurs and we talk about them ad nauseum, because uh, somebody's got to, they're what they're doing is great. But they the point my point is is that the Spurs didn't have Curry. 
in this golden season. Like the Warriors have seventy three and nine, and I mean they have all this this hype and hoopla around them. And you know then there's LeBron on the other side in Cleveland trying to get their first franchise title in fifty something years, right? Like, yeah. like this is this is big. This is this might be the biggest game of our lives like we've ever seen as NBA fans. Like in our in our actual You're probably time right. I mean existence. just you look at the both both sides of so much to lose, right? If Golden State oh, yeah. loses this game, I said this to you earlier. Biggest choke job in sports history. Considering they go seventy three and nine in the regular season and they had a three one lead in the NBA finals. I don't Two know. Two things you- that have never happened before. Right? A team that wins seventy plus games losing in the NBA finals and a team that's up three one in the finals losing the finals. So they would be losing you know, they would be the first for both of those, which yeah, but I mean, look, if, if the Warriors lose, and look, I don't want to like, I don't want to sound this as a cop out because you know I've been riding with the Warriors all season. I want you season. to try to tell me but, why it's not a big, the biggest choke job of all time. But I think lose. you have to really take like injuries and stuff into context. Like, I really let's think let's look at who's injured. It'd be one thing if if the MVP was injured or even Clay Thompson or Draymond Green. But you know what? I don't want I don't want that excuse. Okay, they got their they got their guys there. Their they finals the MVP best. is injured. That's not well, he is that not I, huge. He's gonna play, so it's not like he didn't play. He's like maybe yeah, you have that true. if he doesn't play, but he's going to play. They're gonna yeah. give him all the meds in the world. He's gonna play. And look, I'm not even gonna make the case for Draymond because that was his consequence. That was a consequence for his action. So like he brought that on. That helped. That that's even more of a reason that they choked. Like that's that's what a choke artist does. They 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 make stupid decisions in the moment that cost them something really big, right? Like ultimate, like his stupidity might cost them the championship. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just don't think. I think one, it, it, it's too re- like I just don't think that I don't think it's the biggest choke job if they lose, uh, and part of that is because look, everybody loves the Warriors. Like they, they still there's a lot of people that still love the Warriors. So I feel like yeah, Cavs fans are gonna talk are gonna talk and everything, and LeBron fans are gonna talk. But like at the end of the day, I don't think like from a nation perspective, like this, the Warriors are so untouchable that like. I think even if they lose, their image is still okay, right? Do I you? disagree. Yeah, I know you. I know I, you. I really do because I think the argument's already over that they're not the best team of all time. I mean, I'm with you on that because that that Bulls team that won 72 and 10, they weren't even threatened in the playoffs. They weren't. They they were up 3-0 in the finals and then they lost two, but then they won in six. That's a lot different than what's going on now. Yeah. Um, if I mean, the Warriors would have won this thing in six. They would have came into Cleveland last night, won that game. You, I, th- I think you have a case. Like, I think you still have a case. It's not. A, that's not the best case in the world. Yeah, but you have but some think, sort of case that they could be the best team of all time. And I think not, even not in that player. case, I think even in that case, they would have had to have routed them too. Like right. they would have had to have because look, there's there's the whole thing of you went down three to one, you went down three one in the last series. So like, and the Bulls never did that. Oh no, not no, no, so not like, at all. I mean, like, there's if they. They already have eight losses, right? In the in the postseason, the Warriors. Yeah, if they have if they have one more. So if they exact. lose tomorrow, wow, that's that's as many losses in the regular season as in the postseason. That's the that I think is a point that goes to my side. Like that's just choking. Like you have you played an eighty-two game season and you lost nine games, and then you play a condensed season with I'm not going to count. It's like you know twenty something games, and you lose the same amount of games when the pressure's on you. You you know you're just significantly worse than what happened in the you know when the pressure was kind of off you in the regular season. That's choking to me. So 
Yeah, I mean, and look, either way, like, okay, last year there was a whole thing, like, the Warriors won because everybody else was injured. Look, I I don't know, like, if the Warriors win, don't you think there's still going to be a lot of a lot of uncertainty about their win? If they win, I don't think there's gonna, I think there's, like I said, relating it back to, like, greatest team of all time, like, that's over. I think people will appreciate it. I think they I will. Think so, I think they're going to, I think you're going to look at it, you're going to say, they went 73-9 in the regular season, and it wasn't pretty, but they won the championship. But they got it done, yeah. And then yeah. looking ahead, I think you can be a little bit concerned if you're the Warriors, you know, or, or you're the fans of the Warriors, and you want a dynasty. I yeah. mean, if Kevin that's... Durant stays in OKC, you have a team that's going to be right there year after year. San Antonio, <laughs> I think, is only going to get better. I think more and more players are going to come there. Uh, the Clippers, don't forget about them. If they stay intact, they were injured this season. Portland's mm-hmm. getting older. Or, I mean, they're young, and the they're only getting they're, better, yeah, right? So they're just right. getting – that's a, you know, there are a lot of teams just in the West that yeah. have the ability to beat them in a seven-game series, I think, moving forward. Let well, alone Cleveland. I don't know what they're I, – I mean, even if they don't reconstructure their roster, they're going to probably be there again, and they just took them to seven. There's just – I don't know. I think it will still be appreciated in the moment, but then you'll see the odds for next season in Vegas, and I don't know if they'll be the favorite. I know. I, I think I think Cleveland will probably be the favorite to re, uh, to win. Uh, like then again, I think once we find out Durant is staying in OKC, then they're going to be the favorite. Mm. Yeah, That's I don't know. Opinion. But I mean, either way, look, this is a podcast. This is for another podcast. This is an idea I pitched earlier to you um, in private about about dynasties and stuff. And I think that that's one. I think that that's when we can definitely get into some Warriors dynasty talk. Because well, it's not I, a dynasty. I really, I really want to talk to you about that. I think that one's going to be a really fun podcast. And that will. Uh, any last thoughts, actually, before we wrap this up? Yeah, I actually want to say one more thing. I've, I've been holding it back this whole okay. podcast because I, uh, I, I was waiting for the right time. He's going to unleash. <laughs> yes, I am. Can we please talk about? How nobody, I mean nobody, acknowledging the fact that Klay Thompson walked off the court before the game is over. And if LeBron did that, all you'd be hearing for, you know, the next 48 hours is how much of a baby LeBron is. And he's a sore loser and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, good old Klay gets away with it. Or even the fact that Stephen Curry threw a mouth guard in the crowd and only received this much heat. Like, he should be receiving way more heat because let's look if LeBron did that. LeBron would be, he's already the devil in some people's eyes. He'd be even worse. It is, this double standard is ridiculous. If the Warriors do something, eh, it's fine. They're Golden State. They're the, they're the Golden Boys. You know, double entendre for the win. But they, it, it just irritates me, as you know, as a LeBron fan, that people yeah. constantly, you know, pick apart his personality and over-exaggerate his challenge behaviors when you have a warrior last night in clay thompson who did what you know many would say the single most disrespectful thing you can do in modern sports and that's leave a game early he's not the first person to do it but he's the first person to do it and receive no heat for it and and it and it pisses me off and i think i have the right to be ticked off no i'm i'm with you on that i actually didn't catch that um i actually didn't catch him leaving did was he even asked about it do you know if he was even asked i'm about not it? sure but i know he left and I, I saw it, and then I, it was confirmed on ESPN Radio today here in Chicago, Illinois, where I'm from. And they were talking about it. 
And one guy was kind of on my side. He's like, yeah, you know what? You know, that's, you know, ridiculous. He, he should, people should be, you know, pointing this out. And the other guy was like, you know what? Heat of the moment. And, you know, just totally defended him. Here, <laughs> yeah. if you type in Clay on Twitter, right, the second thing that comes up is Clay Thompson leaves court. And I'm going to pull that up right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it happened. My eyes weren't lying. There's a there's a video that I'll send you it on fanside.com that um, I believe. But anyways, yeah, it happened. It, I'm mad about it because if my boy LeBron did that, you wouldn't hear the end of it. And uh, Chris, what do you think about that? Man, I mean that that's bad. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And look, that that's as a fan of the bad boys too. Like the bad boys did that. The bad boys did. And they the received entire a ton of shit. That. Yeah, and they're still getting grilled for it. They got grilled in their own documentary for it. Like, it's it's bad. Um, Clay Thompson definitely deserves flack for that. I wasn't even aware of that. I, I kind of stayed off Twitter today. I wasn't too active on Twitter, so I didn't catch that. Uh, I caught the Aisha Curry and Stephen A thing, but I didn't catch that. That's interesting. A lot of heat going into going into Game 7. So it sounds like it's time for predictions before we get out of here, Noah. You ready to make a prediction? Yeah, you know what I'm doing. Warriors is by 25. <laughs> At this point, like you said, it's so hard to predict. Like, my brain still tells me, like, I should be taking Golden State, right? They're home. It's a Game 7 in the NBA Finals. I don't have the number in front of me, but how often does the road team win a Game 7 in the NBA Finals? <laughs> it, hasn't been, it hasn't been done since 1978, I believe. Exactly. But... <sighs> LeBron James doesn't care about home and the road games. As the numbers back it up. He wins on the road in the playoffs. And like you said, the Cavs just look superior. They look like they're exposing Golden State right now for their weaknesses. They look like they have figured out all their kinks out that they had in the first two games. They've straightened everything out. That's why I'm riding with Cleveland. And I think we're going to be seeing probably the most surprising outcome to an NBA Finals in the history of the league. I'm going Cavaliers 108, Golden State 103. Uh, that's so funny because that's what I thought you were going to pick. Like I, I really thought when you were like 108, I'm like, it's a five-point spread. I know that's what you're picking. Well, it's five points for Golden State. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Who wins MVP then? Oh, it's LeBron. It's like there's no doubt it's LeBron, dude. It's not Thompson? <laughs> no, not – actually, um, they're going to give it to um, – they're going to give it to Iguodala again because he, he was just so – he's the reason they lost game seven. He would be the – because he wasn't full strength. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I have a great stat. Hold on about why LeBron deserves this. Here it is. LeBron could put up zero points, zero rebounds, and zero assists in game seven and still end the series averaging 25.9 points per game, 9.7 rebounds, and 7.3 assists. That is why he's the MVP, Chris. Yeah. I'm, I mean, look, and there's all that talk of, like, should losers deserve MVPs, but I think that's a, that's a podcast for – that's so another podcast, right? So think if the Warriors right? win, he could still get the MVP? I mean, if it didn't happen last year, I don't think it happens this year. I don't think it happens this year, but I think if, if it's ever going to happen, this is the context that happens. Right, because I mean, there's really no, there's really no clear cut winner. Like, like no, I like, think they're gonna. Like, I feel like if the Warriors win, it's gonna Curry's gonna have a great game. And they're giving it to Curry. Yeah, 
The interesting thing would be if Curry has a bad night and they still figure out a way to win, much like they did in Game 1 and Game 2, then who wins, right? And that's that's what we'll have to see. If, yeah, if, I mean, if Curry has a bad game, I mean, who's it go to? It goes to most spades, right? <laughs> All right, my prediction, oh, God. Um, well, it's going to be Warriors, and I think it's going to be by nine, but that's from, like, free throws and stuff, you know, like intentional follows and all that stuff. So I really think it's going to be a close game, like, all the way through. I really think it's going to be, like, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any, you know, huge leads at any point. Like, I really think the biggest lead you'll see is maybe 11 for maybe Golden State, and then Cleveland comes running back, and it's just going to be one of those games. Um, because it's something we've seen throughout the entire series, right, is that for most, for, for the most part, one the team that starts well is in control, like, the entire game. And then like, they that's win, how, right? They end, yeah. up, they end up winning, too. That's like, no key. matter how many times the other team comes back, it's it, it keeps, like, the lead usually stays predominantly with one team. So I think that's kind of how this game is going to go. But I think there will be a little bit more back and forth. Um, so I'm predicting, I'm predicting big. I'm predicting Warriors uh, 112, Cavs, uh, Cavs 103. And I'm predicting Curry with 44. I think he's going to go off. I think everybody set him off, and I think he's going to gun and gun. And he's he's probably going to have like probably 25, 30 shots easy. I think he's going to go off. I think Clay's going to go off, and I think that there's going to be one or two role players that that just happen to have a good game. Probably Livingston. He seems to play well at home. Draymond will have Draymond will play well, and I think that it'll be like it'll be like four. It'll be five or six guys that play really well, but it'll be spearheaded by Curry and Clay, which is you know I mean pretty basic, but yeah, Curry's going to get 44, and I think right. he's going to win MVP, and the Warriors win. And my season is complete, and I get to rub it in your face. Well, you know, I was just thinking about it as you were saying. Like, in the moment, I would be, I'd be pretty upset if Golden State wins. But then I'd realize, like, as a storybook, like, it can't it, get. It is kind of a cool story. Like, it you really have this is. team that's just. Let's start it from last year, right? And this is how we'll wrap it up. Okay. You have a team who comes out of nowhere. First year head coach with a bunch of young shooters that you know you thought were fun. We didn't think we were capable of winning a title. They go to the playoff. They have a great regular season. They have, a, they have the one seed. People are still getting, you know, second guessing their legitimacy. They play all, you know, they don't play a single team at full strength. And they win the title, and everyone's still like, "Come on, this was a fluke. This, you know, what these guys can't play with the big dogs." So then this team comes into the next, you know, the 2015-2016 season with a major chip on their shoulder. And you got to be thinking every single day, even though Chris, uh, Steve Kerr was, was injured, he was probably relaying that message like, no one believes in us, prove them wrong, that type of thing. Right. All offseason, because they come out and they surprised everyone, including me. I did not, I did not think they were going to have the best record in the league this year. I, I thought they were going to be on, you know, like many teams have, like that finals hangover where they're just, you know, so bummed out because it's not as exciting as the playoffs and they just start slow. And mm-hmm. stupidly enough, I thought Houston would be like that team, you know, with the best record because they wanted to prove something from last year. I was way <laughs> off. But <laughs> way let's, off. let's get back to the story. They, they win 73 games, most in the history of the NBA, and now suddenly everyone is like they're invincible. They're unstoppable. We're going to have to be dealing with Golden State dominance 
forever. And then, then the OKC Thunder come into town. I'm not even going to talk about the first two series. I don't care. Let's talk about the OKC Thunder. Because I think that's when the narrative and the story starts getting interesting. That's like the climax. Where you're like, holy shit. This team that we originally said, oh, they can't hang with the big boys. We changed our mind and we were like, yes, they're going to beat everyone. And now they're going to lose this series to OKC, a team that we totally wrote off, you know, four months ago. They come back, they be in Golden State, and they win that series. And then assuming they do the same with Cleveland, I'll just speed the story up, they do that too. And now you're sitting looking into the 2016-2017 season with the storyline being two teams came really close to beating them. Who's it going to be now? Now it's time up. Now Barnes, Harrison, Barnes, you know, the roster's going to break apart. Now it's, now this is the year, like 2016, 2017, to see who's going to knock them off. And it wouldn't be terrible. Because I think what would have been terrible is if this roster stays in place for the next five years and they win eight championships in a row. That's horrible for the league. I eight think. championships well, in five years, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> they win four championships in a row, let's say. That's horrible. But two in a row, and then they get bounced in the playoffs, and everyone's going to be rooting against them. And then you know, in 2017, that's going to be pretty cool. So I wouldn't be too upset. And that's how we'll end the podcast. We'll end the podcast with a Noah Lofman story time. <laughs> and you know what? You didn't even tell. We'll we'll have another pod if Cleveland wins, and I'll tell you the the the, the ongoing story from that started in you know 1998 in Cleveland when LeBron James was like 12 years old or whatever, and. <laughs> That story, which, you know, is way more interesting than the Golden State story. I think I'll be busy that day. <laughs> Before we get you out of here, one last tiny favor. Yeah. So I am, as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm rebranding Crispy Sports Corner. It's no longer going to be that. It's going to be something to do with NBA. You got any suggestions for me? Help me out with a name for the series? Oh, oh a name. For just the NBA or for the whole pod? For the podcast. Oh, for man. Not, not for, for the NBA podcast. Not the hip-hop stuff. Oh, so we're just talking NBA. Yeah. I mean, it depends, like, how cliche you want to get. Like, all the NBA pods are, like, you know, like, around the rim or, like... Um, I was thinking be, I was thinking beyond the threat. arc. Yeah, like, Is might as well bad? be saying, like, pass, dribble, shoot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not good at this. Okay. Well, I'll get, I'll get the advice from somebody else. I'll, I'll figure out somebody else right. that can help me with this. And Noah, thank you again for joining me. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure I'm sure we'll be doing a podcast. We're doing the podcast tomorrow. We're going to record the top 20 um, greatest players of all time. That will be intense. That will be quite a debate. And then I'm sure we'll be talking, you know, after after the conclusion of the finals. Well, you know, considering Leon Poe is on my list, I, I think it's going to be a debate. I think so. I mean, personally, I would have went with Scalabrini, but... Leon Poe is pretty good, too. So Favorite, Best Celtic of all time. I, I believe that. It's, it, they're both up there. Heart and soul of the 08 team. All right, Heart let's, let's wrap this up. All right, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Crispy Sports Corner, which is no longer Crispy Sports Corner. I'm your host, Chris Platty, and th- this is the podcast, again, that is unnamed, untitled right now. And thank you, Noah Loffman, for joining me. Noah, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter, at Noah Lofman. They can find uh, the Palace of the Pistons, at Palace of Pistons. Um, I'm not going to give my address out. I don't want you literally finding me. 
Maybe one day. Maybe one. If you really want to approach me and you want to meet up, maybe DM me and we'll we'll talk then. But you'll 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 be able to locate me on the sky in the cloud on Twitter at Noah Loffman. Once again, Chris, thank you so much for having me. No problem. And again, I won't give you my address either. My Twitter handle is crispy1132. That's C H R I S P Y 1132. Thank you, Noah, for joining me. Take care, and I'll see you soon, brother.